All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. I get pretty routine, um, just bouts of exhaustion, just like, mm -hmm. and they happen at, like pretty much like clockwork. I can pretty much count on when I'm just going to be hit by a wall of crippling fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> where like I can't even keep my eyes open at work. Right. And then it passes and you get another win. But today I got like four of them. Yeah. And the most recent one was like driving home from work. <laughs> was no like, way. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you're like <laughs> you doing two radio shows is like a surgeon working a 12 hour surgery. Okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's nip that that's, one in the bud. That's literally the only other profession where I've heard people be like, and I was driving home from work, and I stopped at a red light, and that's when I fell asleep. Well, it, there was construction on the bridge, and so I slowed down, and, and then I found myself, like, weary. <laughs> it was a drag. It's, Just it's, rest your eyes for a second. Sweet. And I, I shouldn't be ungrateful, because everything's going fine, but it's it's been a lot, and I need. I have a vacation. I've got next week off, so I'm looking forward that's to that. That's sweet. What are you going to do? Staycation? Yeah, mostly staycation. We're going to the cottage for a couple of nights, which is basically a staycation. Like yeah, you can, I've yeah, got a close spot. I've got a doctor's appointment on on Wednesday. I think and I'll just like drive to the city to go to the doctor. Sure. Um, tomorrow we're gonna go to Mapachura for my birthday dinner. What's that? It's an Italian restaurant on Spring Garden Road. Okay. So cool. we're gonna go for Carbonara. No, it's been around, but nobody talks about it. It's not like one of the cool. Um, Mapachura. It's not one of those Bertozzi places. You gonna get some chicken parm? We're gonna get carbonara, which is Italian for carbohydrates. Oh, really? No, it's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're gonna convince me of that. We're gonna get that because we were told that that's what to get there. Great. So we're gonna do that, and uh, then we're going vroom vrooming on the harbor on Saturday. Yes. My dad will listen to this. He should maybe refrain from telling my mother that we're going jet vroom skiing vrooming. until after we've gone jet skiing, because right. it'll just it'll just trouble her. You'll be fine. Oh, I know we'll be fine. Yeah. What time is it? Noon. Oh, doing? Okay. We're going at noon. We'll be a little busier. There'll be some like sailboats and stuff that you'll have to like kind of navigate around. But it's a huge harbor. Well, it's a huge harbor. It is in fact like the second natural, second largest natural harbor in all of the yeah, world. No? Silver metal. That's right. Um, it's also not supposed to be blazing hot this weekend. So maybe there'll be fewer, hey, sailors. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. I wonder what, it was super calm. It was like glass when we were out. It was the morning. The yeah. Yeah. Which was really nice. I should say, you told the listeners about your jet ski adventure. Mm -hmm. That had nothing to do with Becky booking this for my birthday. She'd been planning it for months. Ah, I'm so jealous. When you she said it in that fun. parking lot, guess what I did this weekend? She was like, ugh. Oh, really? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's blowing the idea. But it's good because you sold it so well. Oh, great. I mean, yeah. You, Are you pumped for it? I'm really excited. I'm, I'm anxious, awesome. though, because it seems like the kind of thing I'll be tremendously uh clumsy about oh, like it was fine it was both very thoughtful of becky and also a demonstration that she doesn't know me at all it's like like i'm kidding by the way she knows me right but, but but of course i will be i will be so clumsy about it and it's like riding a bike with less motor skills needed i think maybe i'll just feel like uh ethan hunt maybe i'll just be the that's his name right yeah maybe i'll just I'll be really, uh, really natural. That's kind of the way you feel. Like you, yeah. you're, you feel like an athlete on one of these things, but they're doing all the work. Well, I don't know what that feels like. Yeah, you just <laughs> all you got to do, lean forward and grip it and rip it. Grip it and rip it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that should be on a bumper sticker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so you said there's not a whole lot of entertainment news. There really isn't, but we did both see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so I figured we could talk about that a little sure. bit. Sure. Now, big problem that I had, which is embarrassing, I was woefully unaware of who Sharon Tate was. That is problematic for your enjoyment <laughs> the, experience. Very problematic when yeah. they're, you know, they're, I knew that there were Manson family um, uh, mentions in this movie. Right. Um didn't really realize how central Sharon Tate was in it. I kind of well, just thought like, okay, Margot Margot Robbie's playing this actress, Sharon Tate. Uh, I, I recognize that name. She's like a prominent 60s actor. I don't think she was that prominent of a 60s well, actor. Well, that, that's, she... that's what you must have come to learn is that she was not a prominent 60s actor. No. She was an up-and-comer right. who really only became uh, canonized, so to speak, because of her murder, her right. untimely death. And so... I wouldn't even go so far as to say she's central in this movie. She's peripheral in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then the climax involves the revisionist history of what is to come of Sharon Tate. Right. And I think ultimately, <clears throat> I think that's what this movie is about is the the what if. Yeah. I mean, it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? It's, right. it's a, a fairy tale imagining. Yeah. Um, but yes, it does. It does kind of take away from because you had said you weren't like overly overly thrilled with it. I was overly thrilled with the storytelling aspect of it. Yeah. But again, it was just kind of showing you this peripheral painting, right? Of uh, uh, a fantastical time that obviously mm -hmm. Quentin Tarantino really reveres. I f I find it hard to contextualize whether he's getting flashier or less flashy. Or whether the less flashiness Whoa. makes it flashier in his in his uh, older years. How do you define gets on. flashiness? Well, I guess like excitement through the movie. I like I, I understand that it really crescendos at the end. Yeah, but throughout, you know, all of the the Leo acting scenes and the you know Brad Pitt kind of like. You know, not necessarily being in any like fight scenes. It's a it's a lot more well, except for when he beats up Bruce Lee. Yes, that's, that's a fight scene. That is a fight scene. I know. I I said fight scene because I was thinking of the one fight scene. That, yeah, maybe two fight scenes. The, well, the actual fight scene, the climactic fight scene. Yes. Yeah. But but other than that, you know, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of story movement, which is good. But I don't agree with that either. Do I don't mean? think that there's very much story in this at all. In fact. Sure. Okay. Well, hey, <laughs> I feel <laughs> it sounds worse because I've got a serious frog in my throat. Right oh, okay. Now. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. And it was just like a, a scene in front of you. You yeah. were just supposed to kind of watch everything unfold, and it was you know sixties nostalgia porn or nineteen sixty nine nostalgia porn, and uh, great acting all around. I think it is an all time Leo performance. Yep. I think it was phenomenal. I think that Brad Pitt was hired to be cool Brad Pitt. I think everyone that was in it, yeah, Brad Pitt as cool Brad Pitt is the Brad Pitt that I want. That's though. right. He's basically just playing Rusty from Ocean's Eleven. I was going to say, he was classic Rusty. He was a 60s version of that. He even does some solid movie eating in this movie. Yeah, right. Uh, and he looks unbelievable. Like, yeah. Like, that's, that's a man looks who's cool. He's in the latter half of his 50s. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and and Margot Robbie looks unreal, and we yeah. got Luke Perry in there. It honestly made cool. me want to go out and buy a champion T-shirt and a, a Hawaiian shirt that I could wear over it with some like old Wrangler jeans. Yeah. Oh yeah. I it was know. Like man, 
What a luck. Climb up on a roof. Guy's the man. Slowly take off your shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Fantasize about beating up Bruce Lee. And that, he had most that was a the... fantasy, right? Oh, I don't know about that. I wasn't I sure don't... if that was supposed to have actually happened or not. No, I think that is him coming to terms with the fact that he never got famous because of his own... Or he never got successful. He kind of petered out. He, he got in his own way. Because he got in his own way. Yeah. But I don't think he really cared. No, he didn't. That's yeah. that's the beauty. That's the coolness. And that's the metaphor of him being a stuntman. Right. You have to not really care about anything right. to be a stuntman. It's, it's also what services his complete lack of fear mm-hmm. when he's tripping balls right. and face-to-face with three would-be murderers. Yes. And manages to take them down. He literally kind of laughs death in the face. Oh, yeah, that's right. And like you said, when we talked about this a couple of days ago, Leo's outside in the pool because Kurt, he was a stuntman. Kurt Russell's wife, the um, New Zealand lady, mm. lady from New Zealand, the yes. lady, right. uh, she actually is a stunt woman. Oh, no way. In real life. Yes, she was in Death Proof. Okay. Uh, and was one of the main four girls in Death Proof. And she's kind of had some some Tarantino stop-ins all along. Sam Jackson wasn't in this movie. I wasn't sure if he was going to make some sort of a cameo. Didn't turn up. Kurt Russell has been turning up a lot more yep. since uh, since Death Proof. He's also the narrator, I think, Kurt Russell. He is the narrator. Yeah. 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 Um, was a fan of it. Like, and I want to watch it again. Me too. I, I, I think I'll appreciate it even more. I was going to say, it was one of those movies I got out of. And I was like, <laughs> that was good. We both laughed. Yeah. There was a lot. It was a long movie. There's a lot to unpack. We talked about how there's no fat in Pulp Fiction to cut off. There's a lot of fat sure. in this movie. Proudly, you don't have to though. cut it off. Yeah, like yeah. It obviously it wasn't intended to be cut off. I would argue Leo is the fat in the movie. Like like I yeah. said, like one of the great performances of his career and that's saying something. Yeah. And so therefore it was a joy to watch. All mm-hmm. the stuff with the little girl was right. was so good. Uh, like the whole Lancer sequence, but it lifts out of the movie. Right. And then it's a tight hour 45. Right. It's just about um Cliff and right. that's a good film too. That's a good film. Yeah. The Cliff film is a good film. And right. and arguably Leo is used just to show what Cliff does. And vice versa. That's right. Well, he's also there to illustrate the end of the 60s, right? If you're if you're making a movie where Charles Manson's presence looms but he's barely in the film mm-hmm. and we're all building up to this uh this crescendo moment that runs a lot of suspense through the last 45 minutes of the movie. Yep. And it ultimately happens very differently from how you expect. But you know, if you do know, mm-hmm. that this is likely going to end with the brutal murder of Sharon Tate and her three friends and yep. her unborn baby. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, you're talking about a movie that is about the end of the 60s. They say that the the rise of the Charles Manson family is the end of the 1960s. And what matters most to Quentin Tarantino is the end of the era that was cinema. Right. And so that's represented through Leo's, uh, his, his fading star. For sure. And uh, did you like that Uma's daughter had like a little cameo? That's right. Yeah. Like Uma hasn't had any cameos in a Quentin Tarantino movie since Kill Bill Volume 2. Well, she has a complicated history with Quentin Tarantino, and I think they're cool now, but she was like... There was some stuff earlier this year that she kind of... Well, she was mistreated by Harvey Weinstein, as were many people. Right. And obviously, Harvey Weinstein was pretty present in Quentin's first eight films. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, like I think she was like... There was a terrible accident on the set of Kill Bill 2, I think. Wasn't there? Wasn't there something with a car? Oh, yeah. She, she ran into a tree. Okay. 
in like this like kind of intense driving scene. And that was not well handled, maybe? Very possibly not. It was probably like, all right, we'll get a new car and we'll keep shooting. You're good. But putting Maya Hawk in this movie is really just kind of a nod to I think uh, so. Quentin's Rolodex, right? Yeah. Uh, definitely uh, cements the belief that Quentin's got a foot fetish. This movie has got so many feet in it. Oh yeah. What do you mean? Oh yeah. I well, I, I don't. I didn't. I don't know this to be a, a mainstream theory oh, that he's yeah. got a foot fetish. Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. There are so many feet in Quentin Tarantino movies, which I only know from having, <laughs> having like watched all these montages this week of Quentin Tarantino tropes. Well, and in Pulp Fiction too, they have the whole thing about you gave Marcellus' wife a foot rub. What does a foot rub mean? <laughs> I guess that does kind of place it like in its own box what i mean mean to i mean what's her name puts her feet up on the dash and presses them against the windshield and they're dirty that's gross it's gross you're right when uh when sharon tate goes to the movies by herself we just see her in the background behind her bare feet right yeah you're right whoa insane it's always female feet too i guess yeah (laughs) yeah definitely now here's something that i learned about myself Mm -hmm. In Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we talk a lot on this podcast about my... Uh, Aversion? Yeah, my easy queasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I went in knowing that it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. I, I, I can't be surprised if there's some stuff that troubles me. Yeah. But I've seen like enough of his movies now that I feel like I know what I'm getting into. And there's an inherent camp in most of his violence. But neck and facial trauma has always been most upsetting to me. Now, there spoiler alert, there is some neck and facial trauma in the the last sequence. Yes. I didn't see any of it because of the suspense that led up to it. I knew when to cover my face, and I saw nothing of the brutality of that final fight sequence. I just heard like eight minutes of shrieking. Yeah. And M- chaos. And laughter. And laughter. And people around me going like, oh, my God. Oh, really? And ultimately a flamethrower. Yeah. (laughs) And I still fainted. You fainted? Yes, I told you this the other day. I, my hands got tingly. I thought you said you, like, came close to fainting or you felt like fainting. I I didn't really, like, lose consciousness. But, like, I lost, um, I I, I went limp, kind of. (laughs) Like, Like, my hands were tingly and... I was like kind of tunnel visiony and full body sweat, just wow. just like like and adrenaline sweat, which yeah. is stinky. Like it's just like immediately <laughs> you're gross and like you're just trying to think about like a Disney cartoon in your head to like right. to get out of it. Yeah, and that was an important learning experience because I've never been able to 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 measure any kind of consistency in my aversion to to like gross out graphic violence. Sometimes I'm able to see gross stuff and for whatever reason it doesn't bother me. Yeah. And other times I seem to be triggered by stuff that I should be able to handle. Well, especially when it's campy. Well, especially when it's campy. Yeah. And so what this said to me was that I'm just, I just have an anxiety disorder. I thought like, it's <laughs> not that I can't look at stuff. It I I was building up all of this suspense for a really long time. And mm. I know what, what distinctly bothers me and the energy of the scene, yeah. whether I saw it or not, the energy of the scene was enough to trigger me. It was I, like, I started looking away at points Yeah, and, and you know, just people's, you know, the face, do- the, face the, is getting smashed. The dog food can yes. is used yeah. to, to cave in a skull, right? A, a little bit. Yeah. 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 
or at least ducked from. But it's so perfect. Yeah, I, I'm okay that, with it. By the way, it made I I got ten points happier when you just said the the dog food can and yeah. thinking about how Brad Pitt used it. But that also uh, better illustrates how the Brad Pitt sequences really don't have any fat in them. No, like that, no, yeah, you like, want to. There's always characters with an A, B, C, and D storyline where you're like, oh, good, we're back here. Right. I was always happy to be back there with Brad Pitt. Right. I just think that that he mattered the most yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I'm not sure about... Did it have to be Al Pacino? Like, I'm no. Not even, I'm no, not... it didn't. I, I think he just had like a, a box to tick there. Mm. Like he's had Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. He's had Al Pacino. Yeah. Like that's probably someone he's always wanted to work with. Leo and Brad, he's put them together. Who hasn't he had? Who? Well, that's true. He had both of them, and now he's got them together. Yeah. Who is an obvious candidate for a Tarantino film that hasn't done one? Well, and arguably, would you say Leo and Brad? No, I guess Brad doesn't quite have the cred to be a Pacino to a De Niro. I don't know. He has the, he has the cred to be a Pacino to Clooney's De Niro. Yeah, yeah. But they also have different places in the zeitgeist. They mean different things culturally. That's right. Where but he's every bit as famous. But on the Mount Rushmore of, of male actors, DiCaprio could easily be there with Pacino. Yeah. Okay. And, whereas it, Pitt could not. We're talking about like academically the craft. Yeah. Yes. Although I actually think that Brad Pitt's beauty undercuts his immense talent as an actor. As like a character actor who is like can step in any role from a, like Pikey to well, he can you know I say that but at the same time <laughs> he's kind of just doing a thing he's done a lot in this movie like we said before he's kind of just playing Brad Pitt were he not successful the same way Leo is playing Leo were he not successful mm-hmm. and also in another era yeah. and again it's a revisionist history movie like what if it had gone this way but like he his big acting chops in the. I mean, he's remember you saw Burn After Reading, which I didn't really. I like. actually didn't see Burn After. He's reading. hilarious in Burn After Reading. He's the only yeah. good part of that, and he's very capable comedically, mm-hmm. and he's good looking, and he's cool enough to make you want to be him, right? If not with him, so everybody falls in one of those columns, and he's kind of just leaning into that, which we already know he's good at in this yeah. movie. I loved. <laughs> and the, his big acting thing in this movie is his, his like subtle Southern accent. Yeah. Which he also does in Inglorious Bastards. We're killing Nazis. He was he was super close to that character, I will yeah. say. Uh, Albert the Apache. Or... Right. Um, sweets, don't cry in front of the Mexicans. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was probably... <laughs> hey, hey, come on. Put, put these sunglasses on. Don't let the Mexicans see you cry. <laughs> that was so All funny. I want from you is for you to show me some proof that you're 18, but you can't because you're not. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's so good. Yeah. I think the more I talk about it, the more I want to see movies with Brad Pitt in them. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like I said, I'm totally in his corner. He won the movie for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun watch and I, now I want to see it again. I think I would even go in the theater and I think it would be shorter for me. I would love to watch the first two hours again. Yeah. And if I were to watch it at home, it would be less stimulating. And maybe I could try and handle some of what I missed. But I also don't know that I need to. I think I still got the gist. Yeah. 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 I think if you watched it, you'd be like, well, that was totally unnecessary for me to watch. Yeah. Because I, I still saw the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely did. Anyway. I, big S's for. We uh, give it our S. <laughs> too. This is kind of cool. I just read about this today. I don't have a lot of details. But uh, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, has uh, set a bunch of dates 
to do Tonight Show episodes on Sunday nights for football season. And I think this is such a good idea. Demographically speaking, I think it fits. And also because he's got to do something that sets him apart. He's gotten a little bit crushed by Colbert in the last two years. Right. Well, yeah, that was a good idea by NBC. I think it was a really, really good idea because all of these shows... But it's not for football. Like, it's, it's not centric. It's not football-centric, I don't. It? I don't know. I think that they'll run it in correspondence with, uh, with Sunday Night Football, yes. Right. And they'll probably... They probably have some kind of deal where they get to, like, put these stars on the Tonight Show. Sunday Night Football will end, arguably, around when Fallon would be on. There you go. So, yeah, it'll be, like, midnight. Well, and also, it, Jimmy's show is a good show for these meathead athletes to go on to promote their brands mm -hmm. and their teams. Uh, because, you know, occasionally they're charismatic people. Sometimes they're not. Mm -hmm. But they're still a draw for fans. Right. Um, and Colbert's not a good show for them to go on because they're going to have to get into some kind of deep chat. And Colbert's just going to want to ask them about politics. And, and, it, so, and so Jimmy will play a silly, he'll play Box of Lives with them. Mm -hmm. And that'll be good entertainment. And it works both ways. The NFL has a real branding problem right now. Okay. From the NBA is like kind of overtaking the the coolness. Right, it's kind of the the sport that kids are watching. Yeah, it's more interesting. Yeah, but it wasn't that way no. for for the first time, and you know all the CTE stuff that's all boiled into it as right. well. So the NFL is kind of fighting to have a all and and the PED stuff, all the abuse that happens in that league it seems to be centric to that league right. again not really the nba but a lot of salacious stuff yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's unbecoming sure you know it's, it's oh so attach it with the most wholesome show on late night sure or maybe you know try to just showcase players that you might not otherwise see you know what's russell wilson like just that's hanging true. out with someone i also just think that all of these shows have moved to a four day a week schedule anyway yeah which i think letterman probably invented but like back in the day and like the real late night wars those were monday through friday shows and friday uh, friday ratings are always a huge fall off like, right weirdly because that's the night when you might be tired at the end of the week but you're just staying up on the couch and you might actually have time to stay up and right. watch the the monologue um if they do a show on Friday and really just uh, Stephen and, and Jimmy Fallon do, mm -hmm. uh, it was taped on Thursday yeah. and it's canned jokes right. and the guest is less relevant. Um, and so why not just not do one on Friday? And if you're going to do a fifth show, Sunday night is a cool time because people are home on Sunday night. So it's Sunday through Thursday is the is Yeah. The and then setup. all of your shows are on work nights mm -hmm. and you're, you're hitting roughly the same audience. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Rather than Friday when people might be going out right you're not you're in you're watching football what's on after football boom oh it's your show well and ultimately it doesn't too much matter what uh what time of day it's on because we watch it the next morning on youtube right. but maybe you're still riding the high of the exciting football game last night mm -hmm. you get up for breakfast you watch jimmy's uh monologue jokes about it and it's sure. fresh because some of them are live too yeah he's doing a bunch of live so i guess they, they will be football focused they will have to be content centric because why do them live if not mm-hmm yeah, that'll be cool. That and, and it will also be cool if they do. No, they won't travel for it. Maybe they will. I was gonna say maybe they'll do like, you know, he knows Atlanta, and New Orleans, and Tampa Bay or whatever. The thing is, you got to do a whole a whole week of shows if you're gonna. Do. Yeah, you got to yeah, do at yeah. least three if you're yeah. gonna do them on the road. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so that probably won't happen. So they did confirm uh, the Emmys are on Fox this year. Okay. No host. 
No host. So the Oscars beat around the bush for like a month after the Kevin Hart uh, fiasco last year. Yeah. Ultimately went with no host. Ratings went up 10%, but that means nothing. It, nah. it was just because there was all kinds of jibber jabber about the Oscars mm -hmm. leading up to. And it was fine. Mechanically, it worked fine without a host. And so the Emmys are like, fine. Okay, fine. So us too. Did the Emmys just hire a bunch of writers at this point and say, you know, we'll just feed random jokes. You're writing a joke for Sandra O oh and Denzel Washington. Or they write their own jokes. Cause like, like Sandra O oh and Denzel Washington. Well, Sandra O oh and Andy Samberg got the golden globes hosting gig because they had a good pitter patter together when they presented at the Oscars or, or something. No, it wasn't yeah. the Oscars, the Emmys or whatever it was. It must've sure. been the Emmys. Um, so they were good together and they, these people come up with their own bits. You can tell they're like, cause sometimes it doesn't work. Right. But like, that's why Will Ferrell is funny when he comes up with Kristen Wiig. Cause they right. made it up. Not because some committee made it up. They have a thing. Um, yeah. They'll be a producer yeah. of the show. They'll know what they're doing. But after last year's Emmys with Jost and Che, it was, a, it was a nightmare. It was, and it wasn't like a train wreck to watch. It wasn't an exciting nightmare. It was, it was a bummer just not fun the comedy didn't work at all and i like them i'm not as hard on them as some people are yeah as a non-fan would be non-fan of snl a non-fan would be really unhappy how are you feeling about snl right now i don't miss it now nah. but i was thinking the other day that it's a little strange you know some summers but not all summers they'll do like three or four weekend update thursday night specials yeah half an hour third because because the politics are just too important right, right now. now would be you'd think they'd be time. doing that right yeah. but they don't have the strength you just don't think the work is good enough? Because I think they've had... Well, no, I, I guess Weekend Update is is pretty solid. I guess so, but I struggle to think of like a really great episode. Well, no, Adam Sandler was really good. That one was great. There was a few good episodes this past year. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Emmy nominations for SNL. Yep. Yep, the sure. I just find it's like easier to nominate them at this point. It is. Yeah, it's kind of a default thing. And Emmys are like chronically default yes. um, champions. Yep. I guess their biggest star right now is Kate McKinnon, and I've just always had a weird feeling about Kate McKinnon. You've had a weird relationship with Kate McKinnon. I guess. Lot. I guess yeah. so. They've got a lot of really good people. Yeah. But I don't know if they need some kind of revolution, or if we're just becoming the old men who don't think SNL is as good as it used to be. I mean, this year could be a great year for it. It I should be so. a great year for yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But it's been a while since they had a, like a mass exodus. You know, it's like getting to the point where like Beck Bennett... And some of these guys have been around for kind of a long time. You're right. You know? And they're all really good, but, you but, know. But who among them is a movie there, star? There's no, yeah, exactly. There's no Kate McKinnon, I, I guess she is. Or or they are superstars, but they need to leave the show to get that. And sometimes it's really hard to know. Mm -hmm. Because I think we would have thought that Andy Samberg was going to be a movie star. Yeah. And he's doing great. Yeah. Arguably of his, gen well, Bill Hader is definitely eclipsing him just because he's kind of covering all the bases. Yeah. But neither one of them is a leading man in movies. And I think that's partly because action is kind of taking over. If this was a right. rom-com era, maybe they'd be doing better. Well, to be fair, Bill Hader is going to be in the It movie. Yeah. And he, I think, might be like the the lead character in that. He's the Finn Wolfhart. Right. Yeah. Which was the central focus. I couldn't tell you. Guy in it. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, Andy Samberg has starred in a lot of movies, but they're just with his company. They're all Lonely totally. Island style movies. Totally. And he's also the leading man of like a very well-liked show. Yeah. Which doesn't get like huge ratings, but it, there's a lot of talk about it. He's doing fine. He's doing just fine. Right. Um, 
And you see Sudeikis around. And you haven't seen Kristen Wiig in a while. You haven't seen Sudeikis in a lot of stuff lately, though. What's he up to? I, I actually thought about that the other night. Like, he was tight with with Armisen and, and yeah. uh, he uh, had a, Hater. He had a run when there was more $20 million, like, our comedy comedy's coming out. We don't get a lot of those right now. Right. He's got a small part in Booksmart, which his wife directed. Okay. But that's doesn't that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see him in more stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Downsizing maybe was the last movie he was in. Oh, I didn't see it. It wasn't that good. We watched most of it. And it's kind right. of a drag. <laughs> it's funny. Especially Kristen Wiig's in that too. There was some Oscar buzz about that for a while. Yeah, just like because very it's, early uh, on. Yeah, because it's um, what's his name? The guy who made Sideways. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, like th- this guy who's like thought to make quite good movies, right. but doesn't always really. Right. He has some flops, but That's he's right. creative, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's his friggin' name? We need a Google Home. We need Google to sponsor the podcast. <sighs> I actually, before I was leaving, I was like, "Hey Google, give me entertainment news." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, here's from at Canada." I I really feel bad for anybody who's listened to the podcast around a Google Home because you just triggered it. Oh, nice. It's very yeah. like so I used to ask Siri stuff in the podcast. Hey Google, make porn noises right now. <laughs> Hey, Google, turn the volume up. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> um, what else do we have? Uh, oh, speaking of Booksmart, this that is That goes on for way too long, by the way. What's we that? We didn't talk about that in When Harry Met Sally. I think we did talk her, about her, that. How long her orgasm noises last for. Oh, yeah. I thought it was only like a, a three-second thing. No. But that was like... It makes you uncomfortable. It was overboard. Yes. Yeah. It, no, absolutely. Yeah. You're right. It goes on for too long. You're right. No, it goes on for the right amount because it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. I suppose. They're going to do uh, another season of American Crime Story. It's called Impeachment, and it's about Bill Clinton. Oh, I see. I saw that there was going to be a Bill Clinton story right. produced by... Monica Lewinsky. Emlu. That's right. Emlu. And I don't know if this is confirmed, although it seems pretty widely um, accepted, and it's teased in all the thumbnails I've seen, that Beanie Feldstein should play Monica Lewinsky, and I'm down. Okay. She's great. Monica Lewinsky is uh, having some some fire tweets. She's really good on Twitter. <laughs> Have you seen? Yeah, Mike Pence said something about like the only way uh, for people to get out of sin is to get on their knees. And someone tweeted like, "Okay, who's going to tell Mike Pence about this?" And yeah. Monica Lewinsky replied, "Not me." <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's so good. Well, you know what it is. It took twenty years yeah. for her to stop being the villain she was Ultra unjustly cast as. Right? They were talking about how she was a guest host on Jimmy Kimmel one time. Yeah. But you couldn't bring up the Bill Clinton scandal. Because of ABC? No, she. it was like a thing that she had with her people. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I was like, this is the thing you're known for. Yeah. Anyway, so it was kind of like oft alluded to, but it, it couldn't be in a very head-on way. But isn't it remarkable that like, I mean, I don't want to say how far we've come. But progress has been made that like she was like 23. She's a 23 year old White House intern. Yeah. And this happened and she was considered like a harlot. She was like completely vilified. Yeah. I'd like to think we would know better than to do that now. Yeah. I think we would. I, I really hope so. Because it like ruined her reputation. No, I think it would open up a whole new conversation. People would zag when others were zigging this time around, whereas last time there wasn't any of that, to my knowledge. Well, and and also because there's a political uh, 
thread through it there would be partisanship right and it would be hypocritical i think hot takes were less of a thing then there's so many more voices yeah there was no internet yeah 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 or at least it was so unsophisticated right right it was aol you had to get dial up (laughs) did you see my msn status (laughs) yeah i had some really good thoughts about the sopranos (laughs) i don't even think it was well yeah it might no no it wasn't even around then it was like three year three years before that before msn or the sopranos both yeah 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 it's like 96 right but then like bill clinton went on to be i mean he got impeached but also he kept being in fact he got reelected, and then right and then went on to be like really revered for 20 more years and only now is he kind of thought of as like a creepy clunky people are like oh yeah that wasn't our best moment and people would make jokes about how bill clinton's horny but they'd also be like oh but what a great president right and just now we're like oh that guy obama was pretty flawless wasn't he except for all the drone stuff squeaky clean except for the tan suit yeah and uh yeah anyway i don't want to get into that what a time it's been my goodness Okay, Disney Plus announces a bunch of new reboots. Did you hear about this? No. Because they got to fill their streaming service okay. with new content, but Disney's MO right now is to just reboot stuff that already exists. Yeah. So they're doing a new Cheaper by the Dozen, a new Diary of a Wimpy Kid, new, new Night at the Museum, which I'm into, and new Home Alone. Yeah, I didn't know that they owned Home Alone. When did this happen? I don't know. Did they always, was it always a Disney movie? Maybe they just acquired it. No, it wasn't always a Disney movie. Okay. No, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, I heard um, Macaulay Culkin tweeted something about like, how yeah. about we just don't? Or Yeah. You know, he took a funny picture where he like is just sitting on the couch. This is what I look like now when I'm home alone. He's just like eating chips. Ah, oh, gotcha. And he looks slovenly. Mm-hmm. I, I think I figured out why people are so protective of home alone. It's, it's that we're not concerned about it being... Um, sullied it's that we've already seen it sullied Mm -hmm. and we we know that it's a bummer like i think for a generation namely ours uh, home alone is the first instance of seeing something uh last too long right it was the first time we saw a movie series like be too much of something isn't necessarily a good thing yeah so we saw two classics then home alone three was not good and then home alone four was what and then they just kept, they made like six of them or seven of them. Right. And now they're going to keep going. And so all we can do is groan. It doesn't hurt our feelings when they make more Home Alones anymore. No. For the same reason it shouldn't hurt your feelings when they make a sequel to anything. Sure. But we do roll our eyes because, oh my God, how can you possibly think that's a good idea? Right. That What they need to do is remake movies like, like failure to launch with matthew mcconaughey and sarah jessica parker or something right which Movie is just that overboard no one cares but, about yeah which was okay. overboard already just try again yeah that's a good idea give it a shot now you've got now you're on to something here i go why, why remake movies that we liked already why not remake a movie that they could do better that they can definitely improve on <laughs> that's a great idea well that's essentially what uh what um a star is born was i guess so except for you that know? like all the star is borns were pretty good were they? Okay. I think consecutively, yeah, they were I don't like... I know how revered any of those movies were. Oh, they were. They were. Yeah. Oh, there's okay. always been a group of people who are like, but why? Right. So what's... Okay. What's a, a bad movie from the last 10 years? Is there one specific one that jumps out at you? A bad movie with a good premise? Sure. Doesn't even have to be a good premise. Okay. I'm looking at my DVDs because I have... You make, can make things better. I've never been somebody to shy away from buying a DVD of a bad movie. Sure. Um, let me see here. All I see is like Wes Anderson and those are untouchable. 
I was going to say the movie Accepted with Justin Long, but I actually, I stand that movie. I think that's a great movie. Yeah, Accepted is a good, good college movie. I don't think it gets enough attention. Well, there you go. But let's make, let's remake it. Let's remake it Could and be, try and do it better. Bo Burnham will do it. No, I don't want him to touch. I think it's good. Okay, fair enough. I think it's really good. Um, okay, let me try to think of one. Uh, shitty movie from the last ten years. That might even be older than ten years. What? Accepted. Oh, except yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's probably like fifteen years old. Uh, In any I don't case, know. that's fine. Yeah. Let's remake it. Oh, or uh, whatever movie. Okay. Anyway. What's a bad, uh, as long as it's not a comic book movie. Yeah, but again, like that. it's, it's it, 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 we've, we've seen, but it doesn't hurt your first experience seeing a really good one. You know, like I don't think oversaturation really matters that much. Just watch what you want to watch and don't watch. The other thing about Home yeah. Alone is how is the story going to be different? Mm-hmm. Because there's some pretty like revolutionary cultural things that will impact the way the story goes in Home Alone. How so? It's gonna have a cell phone, right? You can't, oh, you can't, right. you can't yeah. say they can't call the McAllister house because a tree <laughs> fell on the the lines, right. right? I thought you were gonna say like you know the movie can't be saying the like angels with dirty faces, the, the main the <laughs> angels with filthy souls. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he can't be saying those crazy things. No, like, no, you're right, honey. I love baby. I love you, but my Tommy gun don't. <laughs> like, that's not a thing that you could say nowadays. Guys, he, I'm watching junk and eating rubbish. You better come out and stop <laughs> yeah. me. He'll be like, oh, it's pretty unhealthy to show a kid eating junk, eating and watching rubbish. That's right. Well, I mean, there's lots of bad attitude stuff that could be considered problematic. Mm-hmm. Kevin's a brat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right. So is Buzz. Buzz is the worst. Buzz, Buzz is the worst. You're not supposed to like Buzz, though. Yeah. That's not a hot take. You know, that was a real 1994 take. You know the uh, the girlfriend in Home Alone? Of what? When he goes, Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. Yeah. You know that's actually Buzz dressed up as a girl? I don't think I knew it was Buzz. I knew it was a boy. Yes, because they, they didn't want to be that mean to uh, cast a, a, a girl real girl for a photo. I've often and thought that, though, like... Some, I think that of a lot of things. Sometimes ugly kids get cast and stuff to be an ugly to kid. To be the, yeah, and does be that bullied. Have, does that fuck them up for life? Yes. Answer, of yes. Course. Yes, it does. Unless the parents are like, all right, you said the lines and now we're hiding you from this forever. That's right. And by the way, you're beautiful. Yeah. Or you're ugly and we're going to keep you ugly because typecasting. We're le- leaving for Greece tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you watched the second season of the OA. Yeah. Yes. How the fuck did this not get renewed? Do I need to explain to you that entertainment is commerce and it has nothing to do with quality of content? Yes, you do. Everybody on goddamn Twitter says this every time a good show no, gets it canceled. Just, it was, it just, was so good. Why does it get canceled? No, 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 because no. Because nobody watched it. I guess. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for saying I, I like to show. And now I know how, how people feel when they hear you say this because I feel passionately that this show was so interesting. Yeah. No, and I, I sympathize because it does suck when... Uh, a show you liked isn't coming and I'll back. Sh- I shouted it from the rooftop. You did. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, because I don't know anything about this, and I mm. never watched anything beyond the first two episodes. But there is something of a theory developing among fans that this cancellation is a fake-out to allude to something in the cliffhanger of season two. Oh, this could so easily. Can I just go, go over the Go for it. Because if it's canceled, then it's canceled. And right. if it's not, then I'm not spoiling it. Exactly. Okay. So the OA... Uh, Blind girl goes missing, gets held captive, meets a bunch of people, 
um, that are also being held captive. They've all had near-death experiences. She basically, this is like my best 30-second recap yeah, ever. Yeah, you're nailing it so far. <laughs> uh, they have a thing where if they do these certain movements while they're near death, they can cross over. So say like they're, they're one of them is, is dying and there's five others or six others or whatever doing these movements. Um, that person can cross over to like a different dimension. Okay. Anyway, long story short, uh, Brett, Brit, Brit Marling, Marling, um, crosses the OA, the OA herself, yeah, uh, crosses over in the second season and is basically like living a different life, but she knows who she is, cool, but ends up kind of being held captive by the same person she was held captive in the first one Mm. because he's a he's a a doctor at this psychiatric facility, so he knows it's her, he knows it's her, she knows Uh. it's him, they're talking about it, and there's Homer, her love. Yeah. from the first season right. is working under this doctor. He is like, so he doesn't know it's he her. He doesn't know it's her. Like he, he does not realize anyways, at the end of the season, they, he does realize, um, all the kids that she met from the first season are currently trying to find her and also cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of it, she, the doctor and some some of the kids die oh. and cross over into a world where so Brits going in an ambulance one of the kids jumps in the doctor who's the villain jumps in and is like this is my wife this is my wife Brit Marling okay he's playing himself John Isaacs or whatever he's like Jason I'm Isaacs. John I- Jason yeah. Isaacs yeah. and then so that's what you get at the end of the oh, first wow. season. You're like, what? Yeah. They're all p- being themselves, but they're like, they're not married to each other in real life. Right. But so it's like a weird thing where they're playing actors. Cause this happened on a set. Oh God. She's like, she just died on, on the set. It's so fucked. big twist ending, but also it leaves you on a cliffhanger. Big twist ending. So deep, such a like weird, different, like, fourth wall breaking yeah what is this meta so this is how they could be playing with the theatricality of the show yes. by meta canceling it in real life yes whoa that would be cool isn't isn't this weird don't don't you understand why i'm like why i love this show no because I'm not, it's i would never so, take it away so from you to like a show no no of course it, not. it's it sucks when when something you liked gets canceled but it, it stuff never stays on the air because it was good right um I'd like to think that that's what they're doing just because of the it boldness be, it of it. It would be a cool play. Yeah. And it, it, I feel like it got renewed after the first season with less. Yeah. With like less um, uh, hype over it. But it was also in the first 10 original Netflix things. Mm-hmm. That's true. It was really early on. And they took a long time to bring out season two. It did. And then they took a long time to cancel it. That's what I find suspicious. Yeah. This show came out like three, four months ago, the second season. Right. It was quite a while ago. Yeah. And usually they know right away when the numbers come in, all right, this isn't feasible anymore. Yeah. So there might be something to that. You the know, other thing is that Netflix is kind of developing a weird reputation for cancellation. Yeah. Again, because of this idea that you should leave good stuff on the air. It doesn't work that way. But they also announced that they're like way down in revenue. Yep. That's so true. that might they might have been like, listen, we had plans to continue with the OA, but we need to 
trim the fat. Like this is a show that we can't continue on. It's not Stranger Things. It's not Ozark. No, that's right. And you probably just named the two shows that they champion the most. Right. I think, uh, although I didn't find Ozark season two that compelling. Neither did I, but it's still nominated for Emmys, which I think is dumb. Yeah. Like you said, they just really ride for it. Mm-hmm. It's all a racket. Champagne and campaign. That's right. I like that. Atlanta, anyway. Atlanta got renewed for season four and they haven't even started production on season three yet. Right. Oh, they uh, haven't even started production. Nope. They haven't even started shooting it. Ugh. And Big Mouth got renewed for three more seasons. I believe that. Uh, Danny Trejo saved a baby the other day. Did you hear about this? I saw that. Yeah, it was a car. Incredible. It was a two car accident. A car flipped over and was on its head. Yeah, and Danny Trejo went into the car and fished a baby out. He wasn't able to get Grandma out, but she was fine too. He had a small cameo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did he not? Uh, I think he played the theater manager. Oh so no, did... I don't think. No, I don't think so. I thought he was like. I thought it was a super disguised Danny Trejo. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention. I feel like I would have known that for sure. Yeah. I mean, he obviously didn't have a mustache and had combed over hair. Did you know that Danny Trejo plays Machete in Spy Kids? Uh, No. So Spy Kids is a uh, Robert Rodriguez movie. Yes. As is Machete. Yeah. And they never say his name. He plays the kid's uncle. Right. Who's like a badass, like who has gear and stuff. Oh. He plays, but they never say his, his name, but the credits credit him as Machete. Uncle Machete, which Whoa. means Machete and Spy Kids exist in the same cinematic universe, which is hilarious. Well, hang on, because to to put it a level further, it was originally, I thought it was based on Death Proof had all these trailers in between. Like that's where Hobo with a Shotgun Really played as well. Like okay, there was a contest for which which shows, which movies. Could, no, I know that. Yeah, and and so Hobo with a Shotgun was one of the. I didn't know it was part of Death Proof. Yeah, so it was it was actually between Death Proof and um, so it was Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino did yeah. like a double bill, right? Which was Death Proof and what was the zombie movie with the girl with one leg? Um, she had a shotgun for right. a leg or an, yeah. like a semi-automatic. Gun. I know what you're talking about. Um, so they they double build that and had little mini fake trailers in between. And the fake trailers are awesome. And Machete's one of them. Okay. And then they adapted Machete into a big thing. They did do a Machete. Yeah. And he's done a lot of Robert Rodriguez movies, I think. Probably. I mean, clearly he's done all the Spy Kids movies and Machete. Right. What's the name of that movie you're trying to place? I saw it written today somewhere. I literally have a poster of it in my... Uh... So you like this director too? I like Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. I liked Spy Kids when I was a kid. Did you? I, I've never seen a Spy Kids. <laughs> I don't think they'd hold up. No. I don't, I don't know if over time you'd be like, this is still good even though it's a kid's movie. Right. I think it was preposterous. I want to say it's... A, I keep just wanting to say World War Z because I, I know it's a zombie movie. No, it's not. This is where Google could help us. I know. Anyway, I'll come up with it. All right. Well, there's people screaming at their phones right now. That's right. You idiots. Why do you have a podcast? I should have a podcast. Well, you know what I say to them? Hey, Google. (laughs) Turn the volume up. Uh, That's pretty much all I got for for entertainment noise. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's fair. John Legend called... uh... Called Donald Trump a piece of shit, I guess, and yeah, but that was like, like four. It. That was like four piece of shit things ago. Like yeah. he's been a way bigger piece of shit the last week or so. Yeah, right after the El Paso and Oregon, uh, Ohio shooting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. It was a rough weekend. Yeah, it was yeah, really same bad. day. Yeah, 
here's a controversial thing. Do you think that, like, the shooters of each were like, oh, fuck? <laughs> God. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think we only know the motives of, of one of the two shooters, right? One yeah. of them was was very clearly like a white supremacist, and I don't know if we know the motive. We the don't other know shooter. anything about. So that. I don't know if they're just trying to find fame for themselves, or it was some other cause, some other faulty cause that they believed in. Right? Maybe are 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 uh, both of them still alive? I I actually don't even. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not I'm not up on. Maybe it it's I, good that we don't know. I don't need to know. Yeah. I don't need to know. What I found out this week is that there are 400 guns. Or 400 million guns in the United States. There's more guns than there are people in the United States. Isn't that crazy? Really? Yeah. How many people are there? 300 million. And and they're already out there. So that that's kind of like my big depressing takeaway from this week is that like, as much as I, I believe that there shouldn't be guns and it's stupid to have war machines just like as a toy... Um, no matter how many people own them safely and would never do horrific things with them, I don't think you need it. I do feel that way. But they're not going to be asked to give them back. They're right. already out there. Guns don't devalue a whole lot. It's not one of those things where you need constant maintenance on them. They're probably going to last forever. I mean, I guess. It's not just about how easy it is to get them now at gun shows or whatever. They're just around. There's already 400 million of them. Yeah. They, there would have to be an insane incentive yeah, to give give up your guns. That's right. We saw uh, David Sedaris the other night, and he uh, he referenced a Chris Rock joke, which I guess I've heard before, where he says that um, everyone should be allowed to have guns. If you want to have a gun, you should be able to have a gun. Yeah. But bullets we, we should... Don't, we don't need gun control. We need bullet control. Bullet control. The bullets should cost $5,000 yeah. each. And I, that's, that's and interesting. Like, and he's like, I hate you, and I'm going to kill you. But I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I gotta save up. I gotta work hard. Pick up an extra job. Then I'm gonna kill you. It's kind of funny. It makes people think about it. It's kind of it's it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I guess. Boy, what a drag. Yeah. Brought yeah. the brought the mood down. Well, we ended it with a Chris Rock joke, at least. <laughs> so did David Sedaris. Yeah, that was the beauty really? of him. He was able to like find his way out of really heavy stuff. Right. He did this Q and A at the end of the. He told all these great stories. He opened on gun control. Wow. which is bold. Yeah. And then he told all these funny stories and then he took questions, which is fine. And I get why that's cool. Cause that's mm -hmm. building a rapport. But the very first question was from somebody who clearly just wanted to showcase that they know about David Sedaris. Mm -hmm. And so she just showed it out. How's the rooster, which okay. means, which means how's your conspiracy theorist brother. And it just really, really bummed out David Sedaris. Oh really? Yeah. He just like, he just, he started talking about like, sandy hook theories and it just like he got really somber so the rooster is like a, his brother who's a conspiracy theorist yeah who like believes that cancer's already been cured but the government's hiding the secrets and, oh like, so, he, and, and so he's just basically like talking about like and then start yeah, talking. kind of he was just like it makes me sad when when people get this way because how do you get them back right yeah and and then he was able to uh kind of filter that into humor again which is hard it's really hard to get get back to to, right. to levity yeah yeah you can't argue with a crazy person i guess yeah but you don't want to just write them off as crazy either you want to you want to assume that they arrived here because of something if not mental illness then some kind of other sure. disenfranchisement yeah yeah wow 
Do you want to talk about shows? That's sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's all we can do. Yeah. So we only did one show this week. We only had time to prep for one show. The um, boys. Do you want to recap it or should I? Uh, well, I think that's a no-brainer. <laughs> you think I should? You yes. don't, you're not up for a challenge? Uh, I'm always up for a challenge. I don't remember the characters' names, and there's quite a few superheroes. Yeah. So okay. I, I can do I it trust, if you want. I trust your, uh, your intellect. Well, it's nice of you to, to have so much faith in me. Yeah. Oh, Someone ought to. Between, yeah. between Becky assuming that I can ride a jet ski and you thinking I can do the 30-second recap, mm-hmm. really got a lot of faith. Yeah. I don't think you can ride the jet ski, but that's <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. You're going to recap The Boys on three, two, one, go. The Boys is set in a world where uh, having superpowers is kind of a mainstream thing. And in fact, the seven, the seven most popular superheroes in the world are media celebrity superstars. And they're all kind of corrupt and in fact guilty of all kinds of heinous things, but it's covered up by their media persona. For example, uh, Jack Quaid is just a lowly electronics store worker with a girlfriend he loves who gets brutally killed by one of these superheroes, and then it just kind of gets covered up and bought up with $45,000 cash. There's also a new entry member into the Seven Uh who seems to have the best of intentions. She has superpowers, and she wants to actually do good with them, but as soon as she gets brought on, she gets, like, sexually harassed, and she's like, oh, this is not as... as, as hopeful as I hoped it would be. And so it kind of seems like she and Jack Quaid are probably going to team up in some kind of vigilante. Let's get the let's get the good back. Yes. And the federal agent. Oh yeah, that's right. The guy who's not Dominic Cooper, who I, I thought he was Dominic Cooper. I I just stopped you at a minute. But I felt like you had a minute because this was just one show. Oh, okay. That was kind of you. Yeah. You were also on a roll. Like, it was a hard hard one to get. I think get I did okay. Seconds. You did great. But you're right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what was her name? Her name, Robin. Starlight. Uh, so, so Jack Quaid, who is, who's Meg Ryan and, and Dennis Quaid's son. I was going to say, like, ha- there can't be that many Quaids. He looks like Dennis Quaid. He looks more like Michael Shannon. He has, like, kind of a... Anyway, he kind yeah. of plays a bit of a dork in it. Very, right. very likable Michael, guy. Michael Shannon meets Michael Sarah. So he's, he's yeah, kind of. So he's talking on the sidewalk with his girlfriend, and then they're just like mid-conversation, and she just explodes, explodes in, in a big cloud of blood. While she he's just, just holding her hand. She just gets vaporized, and he's left holding her disembodied hands, and he's horrified. And so basically... What happens is one of the seven is off like fighting crime. Like sprinting super fast. Yeah, and he's like the Flash and he just sprinted through her. Right. And he turns around and he's like, I can't stop, sorry. And he keeps going. Yeah. And then they basically try and uh, pay uh, Jack Quaid off yeah. to not make it into a thing. And so then this supposed federal agent comes to Jack and he's like, listen, this kind of thing happens. And if you want to work with me, we can try and find some justice on this right and so they devise a whole plan to bug headquarters of the seven right and uh they get found out after going into like a no holds bar uh bar yes that (laughs) that superheroes can kind of do what they want right they can there are these like hovering superheroes having sex yeah it's kind of like a a superhero sex club where all the virtue is gone right yeah um and so then in the end, we find out uh, this. Uh, there's a, like a big standoff, and this federal agent is not a federal agent. Um, he's kind of a vigilante. Yeah. And that's that's where we're left. And there's right. also this, is her name Starlight? Yes. That she's also going to be a good guy, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But 
Homelander, one of the people that they were saying was one of the most pure all through the episode. They're like, even the vigilante guys, like that guy's a saint. I actually thought for the first half of the show that this Australian guy was Homelander in disguise because oh. everyone was speaking so highly of him. That Which one was Homelander? He was the guy uh, with the, I think he was like the Captain America looking guy. Oh, but he's not. He's not a good guy, though. Exactly. That was the thing. Right. And, and you you noticed that they clearly weren't the same person. Right. The last shot in the pilot is... Uh, I think he's Homelander, anyway. Maybe. You're right. There's like a clear leader. He's yeah. like blonde and perfect looking. Yes. He's like Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. And he, uh, they show him flying alongside a plane, and then he just looks over at the plane and shoots lasers out of his eyes and cuts the plane in half. Yes. Because the uh, governor of Baltimore, who is like meeting with the, the Vought company to see if they can get a superhero for Baltimore and not have to pay $300 million. He mentions this kind of conspiracy theory called Compound V. Right. Which is ostensibly like a like a, a Watergate-style uh, salacious... Scandal. Um, scandal. Thank yeah. you. Scandal is exactly what I was looking for. Um, but we don't know what that is. We don't know what that means. Well, except for that we know that these superheroes are not as Aren't virtuous pure. as they claim to right. be. Yeah. Uh, and that there's all this, um, there's all this, uh, this uh, uh, conspiracy behind them, or at least they're enshrouded in a cloud of perfection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's registering with people about this show. The fact that it, it seems to criticize pretty heavily, um, not superheroes, that's just an accessible formula. Right. It criticizes uh, media obsession. Right, yeah. like these these people are like they live in a world where like the celebrities are, are superheroes mm-hmm. and they're on the covers of magazines mm-hmm. and and corporations having more power than government. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and everybody kind of buys into it, mm-hmm. including like like Starlight. Is that her name, Starlight? Yeah, her mom is like she just wants to wants her kid to be. She's like a pageant mom. She's right. just excited about her kid being in the seven because the seven are famous. Yeah. Um. And so I think it's kind of a good time for all that. Right. Right? Yeah. And there's a little conspiracy with the vigilante guy who says, you know, people die all the time because of these people, but they make so much money. Like, there's there's too much money. Like, you can't get in front of that. Right. You're going to be stopped. But that's the NRA. That's why yeah. this was particularly poignant right now. Right. Well, there's many things you could point to that are similar to what they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Facebook. Right. Craziness. Actually, the superheroes in general kind of all had like a resemblance to like famous superheroes. Did you notice that? Like one of them in particular, like Deep was Aquaman. Absolutely. Uh, and there was another. There's another female superhero who we don't have any reason to believe she's a bad person yet. Right. Who Starlight meets very, in the bathroom? Yeah. Um, obvious Wonder Woman homage. She's an obvious Wonder Woman. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um. We saw a full frontal male nudity in this in the bathroom. Yeah, a col- yeah, <laughs> uh, full frontal and full behind. Full, full. That's right. Full mm-hmm. backle. Mm-hmm. Full backle. Um, yeah, that's. Oh, uh, that, actually, he's the guy who's invisible. And when there's yeah. like the final fight in the electronics store between him and the Fed, yeah, he spits blood on him so you can see him. That was smart. That was really clever. That was a good movie. I thought that was cool. Why good is move. this? Why is this called the boys? The, we were talking about that. So Jen asked me that, and I thought, like, I don't know. It's either because it's, like, an old boys club. Right, because there's a clear difference with that woman in the bathroom and Starlight. Like, she clears to be, she understands how it goes, but she doesn't necessarily seem to be one of them. Or maybe the boys are, like, the two 
vigilante guys. It's still not a great title. It's still if, not a great title. Them. You're right. But but maybe the, the idea is the superheroes are the men and these two guys are the boys. Maybe. Like, you know, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. I mean, the opening shot, the opening sequence is these two boys. Remember? Like, it's just these oh, yeah. two teenagers, but right. it doesn't turn out to be about them at all. No. It's just a cold open. Right. It's based on a graphic novel. Uh, came out a couple of years ago. And I, and I thought about, I wanted to write the wording of this down because I thought about how interesting it is. It's a, a graphic novel about a group of corrupt superheroes in an alternate media obsessed world featuring extreme violence and sex. And I just have to imagine that must have been criticized for its likeness to The Watchmen. Yeah. Because The Watchmen is, is kind of in a similar media obsessed world. Completely like media super... focused. Okay. And it's much more violent than a squeaky clean marvel or even dc right vehicle yeah yeah i kind of wondered if this was supposed it's to more political and yeah it seems like it except for that like i don't know if they came out exactly in the same era mm -hmm. and that's darker and less funny right this is pretty funny but it's also dark like it's it is dark really graphic Definitely. violence and like what did you think of simon pegg forgot simon pegg was in it yeah he's weirdly jack quaid's dad yeah and, and he's just kind of a softy. He's not a bad person, but he doesn't really have a lot of faith in the world. And he openly tells his son that you never had the fight in you. Which right. Which is not very nice. And that he shouldn't uh, he shouldn't try to fight. Right. For his dead girlfriend. That's right. Um, his voice was obvious. Uh, like, he did Surprising. Of, yeah. Yeah. Because he had an American accent. Right. I think the American accent that he chose, like, dropped his voice an octave or something. That seems to happen, though, doesn't yeah. it? Like, I think if I did a British accent, the same thing might happen. Maybe. Yeah, I've, every now and then I, I'll hear the guy who plays Archie on Riverdale. He's yeah. Australian. I'll hear him in an interview or something. And definitely it's like a, they you'd never know it's the same voice. Right. Something registral is changing. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I found that really interesting. Did you like this show? I did. I really liked it. I want to watch more. Yeah. I was interested. By the end of it, I said that was... I'm I'm very intrigued by this show. Yeah, I'm gonna give yeah. the boys my ass. <laughs> Let's give the boys our ass. It's doing okay. It's kind of the the essential Amazon Prime show right now. Yeah, I could see that. That was pretty good. More so than the Tick. <laughs> the Tick got canceled. Did it? Yeah, about a month ago, the Tick yeah. got canceled. I don't even know what the Tick was. Neither do I. I. I remember the Tick as a Fox cartoon as a child. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know it was anything before the Amazon Prime show. In fact, for a really long time, I thought the Tick was a joke. I thought it was like. A fake show within oh, a show. Okay. They might have played it as like a kind of meta thing. Maybe. Show, I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I feel like I had a Will Smith fact. I have a Will Smith fact. Let's hear it. So you know how the Obamas are starting a production company with Netflix? They're like making a bunch of content and it's going up on Netflix. I did not know this. That's like a big thing with the Obamas right now. Wow. So they're trying to hook up a bunch of celebrity connections. Okay. To like give it some driving force. <laughs> It'd be really funny if they were doing the Bill Clinton thing. They're behind it. <laughs> Produced by the Obamas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would not be the time. No. Um, Wait, what's going on with the tan suit thing that you mentioned earlier? Is Obama in any trouble? No. Oh, it's this like famous uh, moment like, like eight years ago where Fox News just wouldn't shut the fuck up because Obama wore a tan suit. Oh, okay. And the idea is just like the hypocrisy of Fox News sure. and what they think a scandal is. Right. Um, the, like that's the most salacious, that's the worst thing horrific thing you ever did was wear right. a tan suit and it was yeah. disgracing the office and everything. Um, yeah, so they're trying to hook up all these celebrity contacts to like help 
be the driving force of their production company, of their media. And they got Denzel, but they couldn't secure Will Smith. What? They couldn't get him aboard. They couldn't strike up a deal with Will Smith's production company. Oh my God. Yep. They couldn't trust Will Smith. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is the Obamas couldn't trust Will Smith. Wow. And Will Smith wasn't going to give it up for the Obamas. Nope. Would not. I mean, if you can't trust the Obamas. So Will Smith can't trust anyone. Right. We, we know this. Right. And do you trust someone who can't trust anyone? No, you can never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith.